0: welcome to the sarah centrella show join best-selling author master life coach and manifesting expert sarah centrella as she shares tips tools and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life it's time to hustle and thrive now here's your host sarah centrella
1: All right, everybody, welcome to the show. We are getting ready to hustle and thrive, and y'all, <laughs> I am on fire because today's guest is going to leave you just smiling. I don't know how else to put it other than that. I mean, <laughs> you leave me speechless. Mark Mark Anthony is our guest today, and he is just so positive. I mean, there's something <laughs> about his energy That I told him before we started recording, I literally want to just bleed your energy jar and just like (laughs) hook up to it, just siphon it on out. Um, And I feel like that's how all the listeners are going to feel after you share not only your powerful, inspiring personal story, um, but you know tips and tools on how you've gotten here. And and before we get into that, you guys, uh, Mark Anthony-Nicholas, who we're talking to on today's show, um, who is a senior producer for CBS show, The Talk. I know you all know and love The Talk. Um, he's a two-time Emmy winner. Yes, I said Emmy. <laughs> two-time Emmy winner. Um, he's in the Asian Hall of Fame. He is number one on the list of the 75 most influential Filipinos, and of course the story was also featured in my little book, Hustle, Believe, Receive. So welcome to the show, Mark. Anthony. so good to have you. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Uh, we're about to be a lot better. <laughs> I love it. Let's get this show on the road. Yes. I know there's so many people out there like me who, you know, we're all in house arrest. Um, as I'm recording these, weren't going through COVID. And so, um, you know, sometimes we might be feeling alone or a bit isolated. And after this conversation, you're going to feel like you have a new bestie. Aww. <laughs> and right with the world. Um, so, Mark, I just I just listed off just a tiny bit of the amazing accomplishments um, that you have under your belt. But I know a little bit about your story, and, and those who read Hustle, Believe, Receive uh, know a little bit too. But can you take us back to kind of where all of this began? I know you didn't start out as an Emmy winner. Um, so where does, your, where does your story begin? And can you tell us a bit about the road it took to get you here?
0: Yeah, yeah. So in my early 20s, I – Honestly, I always dreamed of being in the entertainment industry, being a producer, but it's so hard to break in into the industry because it's all about who you know. Um, I didn't know any a single soul, so I was working at Olive Garden at a BJ's Pizza Restaurant trying to make ends meet. And I would be sending my resumes, and I had no experience. I would be sending it to, like, ABC, NBC, MTV, so all the major networks, and each and every time I – applied, it was like a no response radio silence, or it was like, sorry, you don't have any experience. So I was just like emailing and snail mail. And it was like, no, 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 no. So it was a no for approximately five to six years. And I was waiting tables and, you know, serving pizza and pasta. And it was just so crazy um, trying to make ends meet. So um, I was manifesting, like, I, I, I need this. I want this. I want this. And when I was, like, on my knees, like, praying to God, a week later, one of the cocktail servers at BJ's Restaurant was like, oh, my God, Mark, I'm quitting. And then I'm like, well, where are you going? And she's like, well, I'm um, starting a new reality show. And um, I'm like, oh, my God, please think of me um, if you ever ever need a production assistant and I'm not sure if you guys know production assistant basically is the bottom of the totem pole where you know they, they do copy, fax, uh, do uh, copy machines, fax papers and so on and so on and um, hmm. so I get a call a week later and I it was like ring ring i'm like hello and then they're all like mark it's lindsay i'm like hey lindsay and she's like we have a paid position available and my, oh my God. i know right <laughs> and it i was like manifesting it for like 5 to 6 years but it was like nothing and i believe it wasn't the right time and at the right place for yeah. my you know for my um for my personality and for my skills to show so then i was hired on the spot so I was working at this tiny reality show when it did get canceled after six months. And I'm like, oh, my God. And during that time, now I have no job, no money whatsoever. I had to, like, get it together and save money. So I slept in my car for about two to three months. And I'm like, oh God, God. I know. And it was like like the universe was really testing me on how bad I wanted it. Like I got a taste of it, like for a couple of months, but now I ended and now I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? I have no job. I have no money. Literally at $7 in my bank account. And I was like, Oh my God. So then I get another call and it's uh, this story's all about calls by the way. And I get another <laughs> call and then, the this producer that I, I met, worked the with <laughs> 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 the the producer I worked with um at the reality show she said oh my god Mark you know I was just hired as a casting producer um uh, for MTV and she's like and i heard your personality I've like met with you and I want you to be my casting production associate and I'm like oh God I oh would my love god. that. So, yeah, so I started out as a production, uh, as a casting PA, and what I did, I didn't have an office with my big personality. I went to Disneyland, I went to the clubs, I went to the parks, I went to coffee houses to get people to uh, be on dating shows and on game shows for MTV. So they're like, Mark, you have to bring at least fourteen people um, every Friday, and I'm like, Oh my God, no problem. I actually doubled that and brought about 28 people every week that I was promoted to a casting (laughs) producer and I was like oh my god so now like the train is running it's the wheels are spinning and I'm like okay now I'm getting like into this so I was working for um MTV for about a year and I got my own office and I was manifesting like oh my god I'm actually gonna retire here but the universe has different plans because Mm -hmm. I got another call ring ring (laughs) and I'm like (laughs) <laughs> hello, and then they're like, hey, Mark, this is the Tyra Banks show, and I'm like, hi, and they're like, we heard about your booking and casting skills, that we want to actually interview you to be our booking producer, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so nice of you, but my genre is in reality and also in game show casting. They're like, oh, no, 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 like, we want to meet you, and they were so pers- persistent that they were not taking no for an answer. So I got in the room and it was like all the executive producers, and then they're like, "Mark, I see here that you have a you have no experience in the talk show world," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." They're like, "Well, why do you want to work for the Tyra Banks show?" And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, like, uh, I'm you like call you, me. <laughs> you
1: yeah, that's what I said. So I'm like, um, I,
0: I like, I'm, I'm like." Um, out of respect, uh, you guys actually called me. So this actually this interview landed on my lap. They're like, oh my god, and then they're like, okay, Mark, since you don't have any experience, we're gonna test you. And I'm like, okay. They're like, we want you to book our homeless show. And I'm like, can you give me more information on that? And then they're like, oh, the homeless show is about Tyra helping homeless people, and she's going to go undercover um, to Skid Row in Los Angeles. So you have to find three stellar homeless people that are talkers, people deserving, and people who need, like, you know, a giveaway or a prize. And I'm like, no problem. So I, like, booked this amazing woman. Uh, She had a child. She fled from um, Nevada, Las Vegas, to uh, Los Angeles because she had domestic violence. So she was telling her story, and then we surprised her with a job and then so I proved myself to the Tyra Holy Bates Show shit. that they that they gave me a three year contract on the spot. So I left M T V. So wow. now Tyra's like now like I'm being tested again because like it's a new job and now Tyra's like, Oh my god, you guys, it's a new season, so now we're all moving to New York. And I'm like, Oh, my God. I'm like, (laughs) this is crazy. I'm like, so when things happen to me, like, I get like, um, a wake up call. And now I have to like, pack my bags, leave my LA apartment, leave, like sell my car, you know, sell all my clothes. And I was just in in New York, like living the dream. And so um, I had to move. And I was staying in New York for three years, the most amazing three years wow. of my entire life so wow. like you know I knew everything on the Tyra big show how to produce guests how to make them feel welcome how to make them feel as natural as possible because sometimes people get camera shy like when yep. the lights are on yeah so um I like it was my duty just to make them comfortable and like make them the best television personality um as well So uh, three years I was in the Tara Banks show. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to like live here. And then I got a call from my sister and she was saying, Oh my God, Mark, like, you know, mom has a stage four breast cancer and she is on hospice. So I don't want to tell you to come back to LA or, you know, you could do your, you know, your career and move and stay in New York. And I'm like, Oh, my God. So it's like Tyra Banks on one hand and then my yeah. mom on the other hand. So I was like, of course I'm going to, you know, a son's, like a child's love for their mother is undeniable right. and it's so incredible. And you, as a mother, know how, you know, how your your strong love is for your children.
1: Yep. You have to put it first.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I I left um the Tyra Banks show and I was being tested again, um left there and was with my mom, um in L.A., and uh, she was on hospice in my childhood home, and she was, like, you know – I saw her take her last breath, and oh, you know when she when she died, like a part of me died too. Because like now, like I'm like without a mom, I mm-hmm. feel like you know I have nothing. So I was in literally in depression for like six months. I was like staying with my dad. Um, I didn't eat, I didn't sleep, uh, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was praying to God. I'm like God, you know, I don't have. Um, uh, a job. I'm like, universe, please, yeah. please give me a sign. And then a week later, ring, ring. And I'm, like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, hello. They're like, hey, Mark. Um, this is the talk on CBS. It's a new show not even, like, on air, but we actually want to interview you. And then I'm like, really? She? I'm like, well, she, she's like, yeah. And um, Sarah Gilbert, who played Roseanne, she's actually the creator of the talk on CBS. No one knows this. There's no media on it. So if you research it, you're going to get nothing out of it. Because usually when I go into a show or a right. job, like, I research it. So then I met with Sarah Gilbert. She's like, hi, Mark. And I'm like, ah. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're Darlene from Roseanne? She's like, yes. And then she's like, well, Mark, you know, I see you have, like, years of experience on a talk show. And why do you feel that you can actually – why are you an asset for the talk on CBS? I'm like, well, on the Tyra Banks show, like, my sole job is to uh, find people that are deserving and people – it's like aspiring mothers – or fathers, or single fathers, or people yeah. that are just like deserving of any, any which wave whatsoever. And she's on, like, Mark, do you see all these resumes? And I'm like, yeah, that's a large pile. <laughs> and she's like, well, I just want to congratulate you because you, Mr. Nicholas, are going to be the last producer I'm going to hire, and I Holy am not going to give an interview. <laughs> yes! And I was like, oh my, oh, gosh. my God.
1: So.
0: so I was living in a tiny studio um, after I was with my dad, and I was like, oh, my God. So I, like, moved to West Hollywood, and then I got a job on The Talk, and I've been there since season one, and it's now season 10. Holy
1: so it's so amazing God.
0: how, like, the oh universe works when you least expect yeah. it. You just when have you to expect it.
1: it. Yes. Oh, my God, there's so much there I have to unpack, like, so much. i I got to just dig into this. So there's a couple things that you said right in the beginning that just resonated with me so much. I mean, number one, you guys, you worked at this for five to six years without success in in that time, right? So you are hustling and hustling and hustling. You have that dream so strong, and you're not willing to quit. Talk Correct. to us about that. Like, what gets you going? I'm sure there was disappointments along the way in those five or six years because I I know that most people give up during that time, right? They're like, hey, yeah. I'm in L.A. or I wanted to do this, and, you know, it's just not happening for me, so this is what I hate. Maybe it's just not meant to be. Oh, that drives me crazy, right? Um, so what was it about your dream or your um, – maybe vision of what what life would be like that kept you going during all those times when just doors were not opening. Yeah, I think it started
0: when I was seven years old. And I like remember in my parents, like one bedroom apartment, like I would always be in front of the television after school. And like my neighbors would be like riding their bikes or playing dodgeball. But I was always watching TV. And then my mom's like, I always notice you watch TV. And I'm like, yeah, mom, like, I like, and little to my knowledge, I was actually dissecting the lighting and the dialogue, wow, wow, like yeah, so. I, like I would be like doing dialogues and quote unquote scripts while I was seven years old, never realizing that like what a producer really was. And then um at, when I was watching the Brady Bunch and you know, like all the end credits are all of the producers and like the PA, right. um, that scroll. And I'm like, mom, what is that? And then she's like, well, those are all the hardworking people that are helping wow. the show. So they're giving them credit. And then, um, um, I'm like, mama, and then she's like, yes, she's like, and I'm like, one day, my name is going to be on television oh. in one of these shows. Wow.
1: So yes, yeah, so you were saying I, it at seven years old, you're putting it out, yeah, you're seven declaring years, it, you're owning it.
0: I was owning it, like, yeah, and the, and I was like, I didn't know I was manifesting it. I didn't know I was owning it. I didn't know I was claiming it. Right. But I knew that I wanted it so bad.
1: That's just, it's so incredible to me, and I think um, so many people, when, when they aren't getting the success that they think they should be getting, especially kind of right away, they tend to allow themselves to be discouraged, kind of feed that voice more than anything, that maybe you're not good enough, maybe you're this, that, or the other thing. Um, did you ever kind of have those doubts during that time? And if so, what did you do to get through it?
0: Yeah, so um, in the five to six years I was a waiter um, at the restaurant, and, like, I was, like, trying so hard, and I was always getting beaten down. But I think for me, I think I knew deep down in my heart that I wanted it really bad, and nothing is going to stop stand in my way Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: had like a vision and I'm not I wasn't going to give up that dream no matter what I mean through blood sweat and tears I was going to be in the entertainment industry as a producer so like you know and like I knew that it doesn't happen overnight and I knew some way somehow it was going to happen so I just like didn't give up I just made sure that I had a vision to not kill my dreams because I knew that seven year old boy would never, never want to give up. So uh, when I was, like, waiting tables, like, people would bully me, people would um, make fun of me, because I I was gay. And I remember, like, I wanted to quit because there was these, like, five frat guys that were sitting in my section, and I knew I was feeling uncomfortable. So they were like, oh, my God. And I'm like, hi, can I help you? They're like, yeah, do you have queer beer? And I'm like, what? They're like, do you have queer beer? and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and then um they're like yeah you don't know what you're talking about because you drank all the queer beer and i oh, was just uh, people could be so mean like customers yeah. could be so mean and like it, i like till this day like 20 years later i still remember that so i mean it like a fire under you right
1: it lights a fire you're like one day one day, damn it, I'm going to have to Yes, one day. <laughs> one, one day, day gonna it's going like, to happen. Hey, I knew that person, and I was an asshole to them, and I hope it burned you. <laughs> right? Oh it... I, I I love that because Relentless Pursuit is something that I talk a lot about in Hustle, Believe Receive, and that I was just so blown away by your story. Um, first of all, let's tell everybody kind of how we met because – That's that's pretty crazy, too. So we actually met on a phone call. (laughs) Yes. Um, And uh, you were casting a segment for the talk. This was, my God, five or six years ago. So it was quite a while ago. Um, Yeah. And and, uh, I was somehow on the list or or whatnot, um, and I did a couple uh, audition-type calls with you. And immediately I was like, this guy's energy is amazing. Like, I have to talk to him. And I just kind of come up with the idea for Hustle Believer's Eve and just started writing the the interviews, but I didn't have a book deal yet. I didn't have any of that stuff. I was just like, oh hey, I'm this random girl, you know, who's like a single mom from Portland. Uh, I'm going to write this book. And and I remember after that segment aired, which the crazy thing was, is um, I had Lonel and I, uh, Lonnell Williams, just – did an interview that everyone is going to listen to here too. Um, and that's how he and I met because our segments aired on the talk the same day. And so oh it's this, yeah, this crazy loop um, that we became friends after that. But I remember after it aired, I was like, I've just got to find a way to, to get to know Mark. I've got to get him in this book. And it was such a long shot. I knew it was a long shot. Um, and I stepped out <laughs> out of fear and asked, And you were so generous and so kind, but I had no idea about your story at all, absolutely none. And I just remember sitting in my living room, you know, kind of typing it as you're telling me, and then you get to the part where you were homeless, and I was like, holy shit, this just broke open in an amazing way. I had no idea um and so i feel so fortunate that that we've um you've brought me out there i've got to be on this side of the talk uh, a couple times in la and, and i just love your friendship so much um but let's talk about that because there aren't a lot of people who will go through the really rough times for their dreams that's just kind of the sad truth right and you did mention yeah. when the universe gave you a taste of your dream. And here we, here you are. You're like, I've been working my butt off for five or six years. I've been waiting for my break. Thank you. God, you finally gave me my break. Um, I loved every minute of it. Now my life is going to change. Right. And then boom, it's gone.
0: Right. I've been through
1: that cycle. Oh, that's tough. Yes, And what, 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 what,
0: once I got a taste of, like, being a production assistant, like, I, and when they, like, when the show got canceled, I was, like, so, like, devastated because when I tasted it, I wanted it even more. Like, yeah. uh, it, it, it set a fire to my soul that, like, I've never felt before.
1: And I almost feel like the universe sends us those, I call them kind of first-level manifestations. Um, to, to, to kind of test this and see how bad we want it. I think it, we, we can imagine something coming true and visualize it and do all the work and all of that, but at a certain point, we have to kind of, like, step into it in real life, right, and, and live it in real life. And the, the universe will give us kind of these moments of that that just feed our fire like nothing else. But then that first time you kind of get the disappointment of, hey, man, I really thought I was there, right? Like I've already done the work. I've already suffered a lot, as they say. it's Like it's time um, for my moment. How did you, um, you know, sustain? And, and first of all, can we talk a little bit about um, what was it like to, to live in your car and to – really just be like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stick this out to figure it out. Yeah. So from the time
0: I was a, 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 between the the reality show and MTV, I was sleeping in my car uh, for three months. And so like, I didn't have a job. I didn't have money. So um, I was just like, uh, honestly, I was saying to myself, like, what are you doing? You left, like, yeah. you know, uh, two um, server jobs, and now you have nothing. And so I was just, like, to myself, like, I was crying like at night, and, like, it was in the wintertime, and I would, like, blow the car heater just to keep me warm, and, like, you know, it was it was like really rough, and uh, I didn't have a new car or anything like that. It was an old, busted 1984 Toyota Corolla that, like, really really had a hard time starting but like you know I didn't want to give up because I knew like I had my dreams to like be fulfilled and you know I was just you know at that moment it was like I was crying like every night and I just didn't know what to do. But, like, a part of me just said, like, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. So now yeah. it's like I have to work harder than ever um, just to make uh, my that vision come true. And it actually did when the Tyrish Big Show, like, called me. So It's,
1: it's so crazy to me how um, right I, – I, call them earthquake moments right when you're everything seems to be going okay and then the ground underneath you just shifts and falls apart and you're like wait a second why is now the worst thing ever happening to me and then what's crazy is if we can power through that dark time that those difficult obstacles kind of find a way around it on the other side of that is literally like glory land it's like everything you wanted is right there and so many people turn around just literally right before that happened. Right. Um, And I feel like without the
0: struggle, you won't appreciate the success.
1: So true. So true. I mean, I think it's one of the things that keeps um, you humble throughout. So, like, no matter how successful you get, no matter how much money you make or whatever the case is, you you always have that kind of innate ability to know that you can create right? You can create anything and it gives you that that confidence um, in that. So last time we caught up with you, which was in the Hustle, Believe, Receive, I think that was right before your first Emmy and you talked about (laughs) your dream to win an Emmy. So tell us about that, please. Share what that's like because, you know, most of us aren't going to be in that moment. (laughs) Right, so
0: basically, I was I was nominated year after year after year of of an Emmy. So, like when you wrote the book, I I I was Emmy nominated. Yeah, so yeah, in, like three or four yeah. years in
1: a row already by then. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, but I didn't want to give up too. Like, it made me work even harder because I wanted those gold statues so bad. Um, so one year, um, I believe it was 2000. 16, we were up against Ellen, The View, um, Ryan and Kelly, and Wendy Williams, and The Talk. And then when wow. they said, and the winner is, and I'm like, oh, my God, please, 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 The Talk. And I was like, oh, my God. I was oh, like, can't imagine. It was like, a, yeah, so like in 2016, it was like an unbelievable year for me. And every time I see that statue um, in my actual house, like I, it's a reminder that never to give up on your dreams as well. So then um, in 2018, um, uh, we were up against um, the real, the view, um, Wendy Williams and uh, Kelly and Ryan. And then they're like, the winner is the talk. And I'm like, oh, my God. So my, like, life flashed before my eyes. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, it's going to be out-of-body experience. It's gonna
1: be it like, is an out-of-body oh. experience because when
0: you're there on stage, it's like – you were you saw that seven-year-old boy you saw that that 20-year-old yes. sleeping in the car you saw that person uh go move to new york and fly back for his mother you mm-hmm. saw like the highs and lows of all your life when when it went when you're on stage at that in moment, the moment you time.
1: live your dreams. yeah isn't that crazy i think um when when i'm visualizing a big moment um it is the thing that gets me through all of those really difficult times, and you know, one of mine came true just maybe six months ago, um, where I did a keynote, and it was kind of the first keynote where, because there's like 700 people there, and everyone had been reading uh, the new book, hashtag future boards, um, as a group. So it was honestly like the first room I'd walked into where people had any idea who the fuck I was. Uh-huh. <laughs> <But it's, laughs> And so it was crazy. Like, the energy was just, I'd never experienced anything like it in my entire life. And, right. But it was crazy because in that moment, and everyone has it on video, it was like a whole minute of me just being like, okay, I'm going I'm to soak this in real quick. You do. It's like everything that you've ever been through to get to that moment slowly passes before your eyes, just like they show it in the movies where it's like every struggle, every time I almost quit, it was for this. You know, it's for those moments. And I think without that vision, um, you know, and without that excitement for the vision, we allow ourselves to have hope. That's another big thing, right? A lot of people don't really, you know, they may want to go do something like what you've done, but they don't actually maybe have allowed themselves to hope or believe that they could do it, you know? And I think that is a big difference in your story. What do you think – allowed you to really believe that you were going to to get there kind of against the odds
0: I think the only thing that's stopping people from their dreams is actually fear so I feel like what sets me apart is like I was fearless and I would have like you know um, done everything in my power to be where I'm at today. And um, just, you know, like I said, like having that vision, having that glimpse of reality, being having that glimpse of the dream become a reality is like the sweet taste in life. And I wanted to share a story too, because two years ago, Carrie um, Ann Inaba, who was the judge of Dancing with the Stars, she yeah. um, became like the new co-host, which was so amazing. And so So I was like researching her and I was like, that was two years ago. That was 2018 when when she was hired. And then so I was like researching and I'm like, oh, my God, she was inducted to the Asian Hall of Fame with Bruce Lee, Christy Yamaguchi, and all that. I'm like, oh, my God, I would love, like, I was like talking yeah, to the universe and saying, like, I would love to be inducted into the Asian Hall of Fame. Like, I would love that. And then yeah. in 2019, they called me and they're like, Mark, we want you you and the director of Crazy Rich Asians to be inducted uh, in the Asian Hall of Fame
1: Holy and shit. I actually thought of you because it was like, <laughs> you're like I, I put was it out there I said it and it manifests <laughs> yes it's like when you like put it out there you,
0: the universe and you really yes. work hard for it and you're so passionate about it the universe will gift it to you um oh my God, and so, true. So, so I was gifted that and i was just literally like you know when i was like researching her i'm like oh my god that would be so cool and then a year later in 2019 i was up on stage receiving my award in seattle washington oh my god i have
1: like chills all over chills all over because so many people are too afraid to put those dreams out there you know what i mean they're like oh a dream like that like how is it ever going to happen? I don't see that happening or maybe I'm not worthy of it or whatever, you know, and, and they'll talk themselves out of even just letting it be, just just right. putting it out there. You know what I mean? Like right. there are some dreams that are so big that you, you maybe can't force them to happen even if you wanted to, right? Like that's something that they have to choose you for. So it's like had you not put it out there, I mean, who knows, maybe at one point it would have happened, but I, I fully believe that by putting it out there is, the universe is like, yep, here you go. I delivered it to you. So it's like, dream big, people. Like, why? Dream big. And be, like, <laughs> yes. resilient. Oh, my God, yes. Relentless. You have to. because and, and here's the other thing. I think that we gain belief over time, too. Um, the more that you want it, the more that you do the work for it, the more you're kind of surrounding yourself with people who are, you know, even in the very beginning, your friend who was um, in the entertainment industry and had a dream, too, Even those things probably help. Uh, Being around people who have similar goals and dreams um, can really help us not quit when the going gets tough. Right,
0: right. Right. And then when you, when you do reach that pinnacle of success, I don't want anyone to be comfortable and saying, like, oh, my God, you know, I'm living the life. Like, after you reach a certain, like, dream and achieve a dream, you I feel like, for myself, like, you need to have another one. Because life's all about, like, reaching that unreachable, Hell, like, dream. Yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah so don't so be I,
0: stagnant, I, don't be like <laughs> comfortable. just like once you pursue a dream that's it's not over because that's not what life's all about. So you just pursue another dream and make dreams happen.
1: that was actually one of the things I was gonna gonna ask you, like what you've already achieved so much of what you had put out there years ago and and I also feel like one of the big reasons why we have to constantly be putting out new dreams is you know there's a timetable with it, so dreams I'm putting out today may take a couple years before I realize, so I want to have them stacked up. Like, I want them in the queue, you know what I mean? I don't want to ever get to a place where I'm like, oh, nothing is happening. Uh, I want to continue growing. So what is your next level dream?
0: My next level dream, actually, I'm working on it now, is write a children's book. So, like, with this whole quarantine time, like, um I want to write a children's book. Um Basically, it's just to empower little kids. And I was thinking of my six-year-old niece and my eight-year-old nephew and, like, how they, like, I want them to be positive and never give up on their dreams, so with this book, I want you know every little kid that seven year old boy like that was that was me years and years ago, like I want them to like never give up and just you know have faith that everything will come to fruition. Oh, so, uh, uh, I
1: love that so much. And I think we need more of those type of books out there that teach too, you know, that um not only share an inspiring and and happy story that kids would want to read, but that kind of like teach them how to be positive and why it's important. Uh, I just love that so much. And that's so perfect for you. It's so amazing. Uh um, I know and I
0: I love to, I love to, I love children. And my my ne- niece and nephew has so many like children's books and then I'm like uh, one day my book is going to be in your yes,
1: shelf. Yes, <laughs> it'll be in your shelf, and I'll be able to sign it to you. See, that's where the <laughs> visions come in, right? And and those are the things. I'm telling you guys, listeners, like, if you have um, a goal out there, turn it into a visual dream in your head. Turn it into a movie of the moments that really matter for you. And so a moment like that, like the moment when you not only get to hold your book, but you get to sign it to them, you see their face when you do that, like, all of those visuals just help so much in getting us kind of that, that relentless pursuit so that we. Right. Because you're an author and
0: and you're an author and remember when you
1: like, like
0: had the done deal, What didn't you have like a feeling of like, you know, success and uh, fulfilling that dream? It's so crazy.
1: Yeah. It's so crazy because, it took me uh, two years from kind of the time of inception to the time I held the book. And um, Uh it was every day for two years, you know, it was like in, in everything I did, it was nonstop work. And before that it had been a dream for probably five. So yeah, I mean, but I think what kept me going were those moments of, like, I want to walk into Barnes & Noble and I want my kids to be able to, like, see the book on their shelf that's dedicated with their names in it. Just stuff like that. Like, really specific yeah. things that, like, I knew that moment was going to be the moment that would make me cry when it happened because it's the moment that has the feeling behind it. Oh. Of course, I'm it so happens, proud of you, Sarah. <laughs> and when it happens, that's what it feels like. It, it feels just how you describe that Emmy moment of it's just, And I feel like it's 10 times sweeter and 10 times more beautiful because you really are there. You're present. You're allowing yourself to feel it. And there's nothing better than the moment you're living your dream. It's just incredible. Exactly. So can we talk a little bit about uh, some of the the tougher stuff? You know, when you lost your mom, and I know you talked a little bit about this in the book, too, how hard that that is, and I know there's so many listeners out there who have gone through it um, right now we're dealing with covid and um you know many people are are sick and things are uncertain and and all of that um, and afterwards, you mentioned that it was it was really tough how did How did you get through that, and how is your mom still giving because I know she is I follow you <laughs> and so I know she's still such an influence in your life how how is how was
0: that? How were you able to get you through know, it and still keep her with you? My mom was my rock. She was my soul. She was my everything. And, you know, she's the one that was, like, you know, in the Philippines and migrated here to California. And without, like, them migrating here, like, I think I would have a different life. But, yeah. um, she's, she's, and she, and we were, like, you know, We weren't rich growing up. She was a banker and my dad was a truck driver. And so, like, I didn't know what like rich or poor was because uh, I didn't know anything else Uh, like my mom would buy me clothes at the thrift store she would never buy like outside food unless it was like a special occasion and so like I was like I was mama's boy because I was like the youngest one and I loved her so much so when she died it was just so so hard for me and uh because she was yeah. like everything she died like at a young age she was 60 years old and oh so like she had her life ahead of her but like when she died like a part of me died too because like i felt like uh you know she was gone uh, but uh the thing is that, that rootedness
1: you know, that rootedness i'm assuming would be really hard because you kind of feel like you you lose your roots you lose your grounding
0: exactly exactly and um so last year when I was inducted to the Asian Hall of Fame it was on Mother's Day isn't that crazy like like I was was, so
1: there with you she was it
0: was like that's when my two worlds came like you know in my career and um as a son to like an amazing mother to be honored um and inducted on that Sunday on Mother's Day, and I truly felt her presence because it's like out of all the yeah. 365 days a year that I would be inducted on Mother's Day.
1: Oh, it's so beautiful and so full circle. Um, for it, her is, it is. It is full circle. Part of that. Yeah, yeah, part of it that was. with you. So now, these days, Mark, now that you've you know you've won the Emmys, you've been with the talk for for 10 years. Do you still have a hustle in you? Do you still um, you know Go after what you want. I mean, I know you're doing that with with the children's book. What's your hustle like? What are you, what do you get, what gets you up in the morning to continue creating and, and dreaming?
0: my, my um, hustle is like I pray and meditate in the morning probably like 10 to 15 minutes and so I meditate after that like um, I am getting ready uh, getting ready and making sure I have a positive outlook on life because every time you get out of the bed you do have a decision whether to make it a great day or to make it a bad day and it's all about mentality and how you're going to visualize your day so if you're going to be like oh god I have to go to work like honestly, you're going to have a bad day. But if you're like, oh, my God, it's going to be an amazing day, a great day, good things are going to come today, then I honestly believe that at that moment and at the decision when you wake up and open your eyes, that it is going to be an amazing day. Um, A lot of people, sadly, um, they get up and they already have that negativity in their head, which is not good at all, uh, because that negativity will carry throughout the whole entire day um, with um, your family. with work, with whatsoever. So I feel like if you have a positive attitude like I do, starting and waking up every morning, being grateful, being thankful of what you have and all the things that you will have. And I just want to, you know, let everybody know that, you know, if your dreams aren't happening now, it will happen because it doesn't happen overnight. One day you'll find out like, wow, like it really, really, is happening and when you like like make your dreams come true at that time that moment in space then you'll realize like oh my god like uh, this so worth it you know, amazing and it's yeah, so it's worth all my worth trials and tribulations
1: I I love what you said about we have a choice when we wake up in the morning we always 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 have a choice and I think so many times people get really caught up in their current circumstances. And, again, we're all going through COVID. So we lockdown. in lockdown, um, yeah. heading into week six over here. And so, you know, it feels like we don't have a choice in a lot of pieces of our life right now, but we do. We still do have that choice to control what is within our power to control, which is our attitude, which is our mindset. And yeah. knowing you, you are, honest to God, the happiest, person in real life, you guys. So I know you feel the <laughs> energy on the call, but the trust and believe. Every time I've ever hung out with you, that's real. It's always been there. It's just, I, I would say it's like your DNA. But did you guys catch that he still says he still makes that choice? Like, so even though you are a positive person, you're still consciously Doing that, I love that can you can you talk a little bit about that because I'm such a big believer on what we tell ourselves is who we're gonna be and and using whatever tools we can to do that. Um, do you ever have bad days, mark?
0: <laughs> do I ever like honestly like with a with what's going on now like with the covid like a lot of people are like oh my god what am i going to do and i know like it's hard because it's like it's hard to pay bills but we just have to look at the brighter side of things like this actual like situation that's going on might be like, you know, um, God said because you're with your family that you love. And yes. like and yeah. if you have a dream, you could actually have this moment to, um, uh, you know, have a step-by-step to actually uh, a plan to um, make that dream come true. Or is it like, you know, you're working so hard that this is the vacation that you know that you needed uh, just to recuperate, re-energize. Yes. And so like, uh, like, you just, it's either you see that half glass full or half glass, you know, empty. And that's yep. the way I see everything in every situation. And uh, I, you know, a lot of people at this moment are, you know, struggling and I do get it, but there's only so much that we control. But the only, the thing that we can control is our, our happiness. So.
1: Absolutely. And we created ourselves. And that, that's the yes. big thing. And, and and COVID will teach you that, right? Like if you're relying on everything else, you're relying on shopping or friends or like all of that stuff to bring you happiness and make you fulfilled, then this is going to be a really devastating time and honestly a good time for you to figure out how to connect with, with you and kind of what yes. makes you happy. And then if, If you're like Mark and I who've been practicing and continue to practice and want to grow all the time and want to learn, we use things like gratitude, we use things like waking up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I I honestly, Mark, I started um, a self-pride challenge last summer just to get, like, feeling better about myself, and one of the things I did was to have the motto, and I literally thought of you, I swear to God, um, when I put this up, was... I love my life because that is just something I see exude from you. You know, like I I see you popping out of bed being like, I love my life. And for me, it was hard when I first started. It didn't really feel like it resonated, Um, especially, you know, if you're going through a difficult time or things aren't exactly how you want. But adding that into my daily routine, I try to make it the first thought, I think, when I wake up uh, in the morning, like before I get out of bed, I love my life. And it has changed so much. And it's such a simple thing. It, it really helps us make that decision of, no, today's going to be a good day. I'm going to look for the good. Exactly. The good, look, so. look in
0: the good for everything and everyone.
1: Absolutely. So how are you thriving? We're all about the hustle on the show and, and the thrive. I want both, you know. So how are you thriving is part one of the question, part two, is maybe how are you thriving in this uh, current situation? Well, right now it's like, you
0: know, I always like – When I was like working at the talk, like because it was like ten hour days, and I'm like, God, you know, like I wish I had time to like focus on this children's book. And then hello, I'm like, now I have like (laughs) all the time in the world. (laughs) It was like now I have. I guess like the universe is saying like you asked for more time here is all the time in the world. Here you go.
1: Yeah,
0: so now I'm like starting it and like. When I'm thriving, it's like, you know, I I can't, I don't see my dad and my sister every day because, you know, you can't, like, visit your families because you might have this coronavirus. But now we're so, so much connected even more. So uh, we're thriving on, like, FaceTime. We're always doing, like, calls, like, every single night. So this situation actually bonded the family even more.
1: I love that. I love that. So it's like take whatever you're going through and, and see it look outside the box. Like see how you can um, improve not only, you know, what you're going through right now, but really use it to, to get – you closer to your dreams, get you closer to your family, get you closer to the things that really matter uh, to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So while you're trying to achieve, like, while I was trying to
0: achieve my dreams, I always make sure to help other people too. Like whether it be my family or like if people are like, oh my God, Mark, like. Can you help me like break into the entertainment industry? Like, can you um, have coffee and like talk to me? Like, oh my god, like I'm the easiest person. And if someone asks me for my advice, like over the phone, or if they want to meet, like in person, like yeah, I'll do my best to do that because like I remember how hard it is those five to six years to break into the industry, and all it takes is just one person that believes in you, and so I'm that person. Mm
1: -hmm. And you are so generous, so generous. I've Like I said, I've been so fortunate um, to be able to spend some time with you and time on the the set of the talk, and I'm so grateful for your friendship and so thrilled that all my listeners get to meet you and get to know you The way that I have just loved having you in my life the last five or six years. Um, Thank you so much for your energy. Thank you. Oh my god! Making your dreams happen, so that we all have an example that hey, it can happen. No matter what you're going through, you can make it happen. Um, And I just love and adore you. Where can everybody follow you and uh, learn more about you? Yeah, so uh,
0: basically just go on my Instagram. It's Mark M A R C. Anthony, A N T H O N Y. Nicholas is N I C O L A S. So, Mark Anthony Nicholas is my Instagram. And I hope you guys follow me and I'll follow you guys yes, back. Yes,
1: you will fall in love with this guy. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. Keeps, keeps slaying those dreams. I yes. Yeah, dreams do come true. All you have to have is faith. Absolutely. And everybody continue to hustle and thrive and let us know if this episode uh, touched your heart. Um, Share, comment, do all those things. Uh, Pass the love on. Until next time. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.